Welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 178 of the Compound Podcast presented by Parse Rum. The best rum in the world. When I say Parse, you say rum. Parse. Rum. Yes. Is it 178? It is 178. I got it right. Um, nice. I had to check. I had to check. Uh, perfect time of the year for a little bit of Parse. It's still a little warm in Chicago. We got 80 plus today. But yeah, yeah. right around the corner from those nice fall days where you might want to grab yourself a glass of rum at night. Did you see next week? No. Well, I don't know what it is in Chicago, but in Grand Rapids, it's supposed to be 55 to 60 every day next week. Fall's yeah, coming quick. For you. Coming quick. Get your, get your layers going. Oh, yeah. It is officially the end of the regular season. Regular season ended Sunday. Playoff started today. It's Tuesday. I don't know why I'm laughing. Just like your tone funny. and your demeanor. It's I can funny. tell you're so upset. And I just can't. I don't know what else to do but to you're laugh. It's what me? I do. It's what. No, I'm not laughing at. I'm laughing with you. I'm with I'm you. I'm not laughing. I, you got to smirk now because I'm laughing. <laughs> it's. T- I was. Uh, I was at dinner tonight and was getting a drink at the bar before dinner and playoff baseball was on and it wasn't great for me. That's got to be the hardest part is like to see it and be like, shit, we were close. It's the hardest part. I think we, we've we've had some seasons where we didn't make it. You know, I was up that second half in 19 when the team was in it and we kind of it kind of fell apart with uh, a couple of weeks to go. We were chasing it and fell apart. 21 was kind of halfway through the season. It was over 22. It was over pretty early. Being as close as we were. And having as many close games down the stretch as we did made it really hard. And I think that was like the part that made it the hardest was just like you play so many one run extra inning, like late, like in every game and not being able to pull them out like that part stinks. It takes a lot on your on your body too, like mentally, physically, um, just that late in the year in general and then. Any time, like a close game, always wears so much more. And then with the magnitude of, you know, the playoffs hanging on by a thread, basically every game you're checking the scores, you're doing this, you're doing that. Like that's a lot, man. It's a lot, and it all just comes like that. I am curious, not like how much I don't know what it is. I'm trying to think of Atlanta right now. Like, do they have the scores of other games like on the board like i don't know if you guys are looking during the game like when you're playing like oh miami's losing in the mets or something like like do you guys notice that at all while you're playing or do you just kind of block that out i mean that last week there was definitely some in-game board watching yeah for sure seeing what was going on rooting for rooting for teams and then like i think there was a couple there late where miami was like down early there's one Maybe maybe Friday night where Miami was down like three nothing. Might have been five against the White Sox. I think it was like five. Uh, against, all, I think it was the, the first game against the Pirates. They were down like three. Oh, the Pirates, that's who it was. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, down three nothing. Like and like we were we were playing a tight game. So I was like locked in. We're playing like this tight game. We tied up in the ninth. We're playing. How'd you tie and, it up? And then yeah. And then I look uh, up at the board and the that was a nuke, by the way. That was crushed. People don't remember the, those homers. So when you lose, you got to win for them to be remembered. So 
I look up I look up at the board. Like we're in this three three game. I look up in the board and the Marlins won four three. I'm like, fuck me. How did that like it was like we're like I was like, oh my god, we're gonna win this game. And the Marlins like I was like, oh, they lost. There's no way. And then you know, they win four three. Our game gets away from us and we lose. And it's like shit. I really needed I feel like you you seemed like a little more pumped after that homer. Like you're you're a very calm guy on the field. Like you don't, you know, show a ton of like emotion. But I feel like you were you were pretty happy after that one. Like you yeah, seemed a little pumped around at first. Yeah, that was a big one. That was a big one. To tie, I mean, tie the game in that situation. Obviously, oh, yeah. we knew the Brewers were – they had a set schedule of how they were going to pitch their guys. So we knew they were doing um, – with their back-end guys, they were doing throw and then sit for two and then throw. So we knew they were going to throw – they were all going to throw Saturday. And so we – you know, we were in a close game all game, but they weren't going to throw those guys. So we had – we had a couple guys come in after the starter came out and felt like we could, you know, make, make a little push there. So to get, to come up and hit that homer and like, Oh, we got a real chance here. That was, that last, was a big spot. Last thing about that homer. How were you sitting on that? It was like a backed up top of the zone curveball that you took to right center. Like were you sitting curveball or were you just kind of like, Oh, I see that right out of the hand. No, I actually wasn't sitting on, I knew he had, so you had thrown one inning before that or or two batters in that last inning. And so mm-hmm. I knew he was throwing like 90-92, but it felt like it was a little bit – he was kind of a bigger, taller dude, and it felt like it was a little bit of a jumpy heater at the top. And then he had this big 12-6 breaking ball. So like, And he had, he had led somebody to start uh, in a bat with a, a dumper, curveball, middle-middle. And I kind of felt like even though it was 92, it was going to play up. So I had to kind of be on the up heater. So I was kind of looking for the up heater, making sure I didn't chase above the zone, um, but was going to be on time for that. And it kind of popped out of his hand. It's like, oh, yeah. Ooh, here we go. Yeah, it was a good swing. And then he did a great job shutting us down. Last, last thing. Hang on. Pulling up the final numbers. We do have the final tally on the home run counter. Uh, 21 to 12. Ian takes it home. No, it doesn't count because I uh, I waved the white flag. <laughs> that was actually a funny tweet. I that think was, it was a really funny tweet. I think it was after 20. I forget, it might have been 21, but you waved the white flag, and I was like, that's good. Ian, congrats on on making a, a comeback. It's pretty impressive, man. Hey, thanks, man. There's like there's little things throughout the season that you get pretty, pretty pumped up about, like little – I hit 17 last year. Getting back to 20 was – that was a big deal. That was cool. 99 walks, you said? And then walks, yeah. Damn. Good for you. Um, I w- I did get a tweet back though to that one, and I said, or no, to Zach's play he made maybe Saturday, the one over your shoulder. Um, and I got a sick. tweet back that said I needed to start a web gem counter, and I was like, well, Zach might have him on that one. It's, it's what he does. That's why they pay him the big bucks. Yeah, those hands don't sleep. I think but only was- one of them's got a gold. Only one That's of them's true. got gold though. That is true. Can't argue. People forget. People lie. Men or women lie. Men lie. Numbers don't. Gold doesn't. <laughs> the games today: Texas won, or nothing. Tampa over Tampa. Yeah, the Twins, Twins broke their streak. That was, was uh, it? I was. I watched a little bit of that game. The bar. The Pablo started, and he was in the sixth, and he had like eighty-five pitches, and a couple guys got on, and the bullpen was like so hot. 
you know, that's the, in the playoffs. It's like three games set. Like he, but I was like, this guy's rolling. He's going to finish mm-hmm. this inning. And I didn't see what happened, but he ended up coming out of the game. I think the ending ended three, one. What was, what was their streak? Like 19 straight 18, games or something? 18 straight games. 18 straight games lost. Not even yeah. just – that's crazy. I think so, yeah. Um, something like that. I don't know how close – Dakota, how close did you watch that game? The Twins game? Yeah. I, did, I didn't see any of it, honestly. Dude, it looked – it was funny. So, A-Rod was doing the game, and the first few innings, they didn't chase many splitters. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, it looks like that he might – they might have something on it. But the ones they showed were, like, bouncing, like, in front of the plate. And it's like, if you're going to talk about a team having tips, it's more of like, hey, how the fuck did you take that? That was a strike the whole way until it wasn't. And But then the next two innings, I was like, you know what, I'm going to kind of really pay attention what we got here on the splitters. They were taking splitters, like, that far down – that far in and i'm like man they actually might have something because you kind of it i don't, I don't want to say he's a two-pitch guy but for the most part i mean like the, the heater then the splitter i don't know if he's got the slider or the curveball um but if you can eliminate his splitter that was I'll, I'll never forget that was our plan going through was like hey he does not throw the splitter for strikes gosman this is and I, he threw me one, two, two dotted. I swung at it because it started so much as a strike. And then, I mean, it looks exactly like his heater. And if you can just take that away and almost make him like a two pitch guy instead of a three pitch guy, like you can really do some damage. And they still only scored three runs and off of two homers. Does he live up in the zone with his fastball or does he kind of move yeah. it around? And he kind of moves it around, but I mean, he's, he strikes everybody out. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, I mean, this is right. a if pitcher down, talking, not a hitter, but I'm saying like, maybe they saw it like, oh, if it starts like just above the knees or like around there, like leave it, like it's going lower. Yeah. That's obviously what, easier said than done, but no, that's true though, because that's what I try to do sometimes. It's like, Hey, if it looks like it's your pitch to hit, it's probably not just yeah. take Ken. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, Mine is such a like nitro down and in zone. It's like, hey man, these guys are pretty good up there. They're probably not going to miss down there with a heater. So if it starts down there, it's probably a changeup or it's probably a slider to your back foot from a lefty. It's and hilarious. If he paints the heater right at your knees, you just kind of tip your cap. Yeah, you just tip your cap. It's it's hilarious, like explaining hitting at that level to be like, yeah, what I was trying to do today was if it looked like a good pitch to hit, I was going to not swing. Yeah, because <laughs> it's so good, and I can't see it. So if it looked like it was going to be middle, middle, I had to tell myself, don't swing. Uh, right. <laughs> it's crazy. Hardest um, thing to do in sports. Who? Brewers, yeah. Brewers D-backs, they're still going? D-backs are up 4-3, about to go top eight. And the Phillies are up 3 nothing in the top of the seventh on the Marlins. Phillies are doing it. Phillies are good, man. I said to Zach before you got here, Ian, I said, I think the Diamondbacks might be my team. I have no reason why. I just, I don't know. I just feel like they're a cool story. Like, they're a cool team. Like, I'm just trying to think of, like, a cool team to root for. They play at the Mets. Oh, he's going to beat it. That's an interesting series because the way that it lined up, the D-backs had to throw their guys this weekend to get in. Mm -hmm. And the Brewers got to rest everybody. But Woodruff's down. So... Woodruff was hurt, so he's down. So Burns kind of struggled a little bit today, too. They had Burns, so they had the better matchup today with Burns. 
Then they probably have Peralta going and then Wade Miley. But the D-backs have Merrill Kelly and Zach Allen going the next two days. So if the D-backs can win this first game. Well, they started the, be... I don't know how you say his last name, Fat? The Fat? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like a bullpen day. He went two and two thirds and they've thrown like five other guys since. Yeah, it's going to be really Playoffs. interesting to see the way that series goes. But the Brewers uh, are liable to make a late inning comeback. It's what they do. These are the tough ones. This is, I mean, not talking to live audience here, but Wheeler's in the game right now. It's first and third, two outs, top seven. They're up three. He's at 95 pitches. The playoffs are one where it's like, if you're in the regular season, you're like, this is Zach Wheeler's game. You know what I mean? Like, these are his runners. Like, you leave him in. But here it's like, do you go get a fresh arm? Or do you let him face a guy for a third time? Who's I it? feel like uh, De La Cruz. They'll let him ride, right? I, I He's staying in, but I was just thinking, like, do you let him face him a third time? Or do I you think go the to, reason like, why the Phillies make those deep runs and, you know, have a team that kind of weathered the storm throughout the year is because they, they, they're starting pitching, man. They just – they're good. Nola they Wheeler. Uh, Nola. Ranger Suarez. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting playoff race. Did you see the Braves learned from the year last year, and now they're doing live scrimmages with fans? Fans. That's sick. Yeah, I think they're letting fans into the stadium to watch the live scrimmages. That's sick as fuck. They're just going to keep, they're just going to keep playing ball. They're the only <laughs> that's got enough players for two good lineups. That lineup, I mean, watching the games this week, insane. Disgusting. Just disgusting. That's deep. They had video game numbers across the board. It's pretty crazy. Look, like I was feeling pretty sexy about hitting 20 homers. (laughs) Everybody in their team has 20 pumps. What did Olsen end up with? Like 53? 54. I watched Ozuna hit like number 37. Acuna hit 40 points. We got Acuna stealing 70 bags, got 40 pumps. Ozzy Albies has 110 RBI. It's just like. Holy shit. It's unbelievable. That team and rakes. Michael Harris is in the seven hole. Sean Murphy's in like eighth. Maybe yep. it's maybe it's just because they're on the West Coast, but I feel like the team that still just isn't getting talked about is the Dodgers. I feel like they never get talked about, and they're just sitting there with Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and everyone else they got. It's a pretty good team, man. Like the Braves are getting all the talk, rightfully so, but. I haven't seen oh. much of them. You know, you obviously see Freddie's highlights and Mookie's highlights and stuff. Um, but like just trying to follow Jay Hay, like checking the box score every day. I haven't actually seen much of them playing. So like actually getting to see a few games that they play and it'll be nice. That's the thing with the West Coast. Like for all of us over here, we don't, I'm not up that late. Like I'm not staying up for a 10 o'clock start most of the time. De La Cruz got a hit, by the way, infield single. Three, two. Three one. First and second, two outs. Still in. Friend of the pod, Kyle Schwarber. Gotta root for the Phillies. Friend of the pod. If you had to pick a team, Ian, who would your team be to win it? You don't have to say who you're rooting for. Who do you think is gonna win it? Wait, should we do our should we do our uh World Series? I thought we would predictions? do that once all the, the divisional rounds are set. Once, we could... Okay. We'll wait. We'll wait till yeah, the division. That'll be rounds. nice. Let's get, give let's us, get out of the wild. Some card. Time to have less teams so we have a better chance of being right <laughs> it's a good call it's a good there's idea, still eight Tom. teams there'll still be eight teams it could we'll we'll probably won't get it right 
I think the I think the Phillies will be tough to beat. I think it just depends how healthy the Braves starting rotation is. Freed's back, right? I think Freed will be back. I don't think Morton's going to be back. They said during I was when I was watching your guys' game. They said Morton will be out the whole divisional series. They're not even sure yet if they make it to the championship series if he'll be there. Hmm. Who's the best team in the AL? Orioles. Or did they get the one? Yeah, they're the one, right? Orioles. They did like 103 wins or something. Yeah. I feel like the AL is very wide open, though. Is that Ian, did you see? I don't know if you saw. I know Brandon Hyde, a guy you know, uh, very emotional when they got when they clinched the playoffs and stuff. And that was cool as a neutral fan to see that that he's obviously very few managers get to see that whole rebuilding process and are still there at the end of it. And I know you've talked about what a great guy he is. I dealt with him a little bit in New York. He seemed like a really, really good dude. And it was cool to see that because that's obviously a franchise that's really had some down moments. So to see them win 103 games with all the young guys and still everyone else coming through, they're going to be maybe Atlanta 2.0. They're going to be scary the next couple of years. Did you, did you see Tom? Sorry, before you answers, did you see that Hyde said that it was once they signed Aaron Hicks, their season really turned around. I don't know if you, I, I don't, I don't know if you're joking or not, but I'm. Gonna, it's, a dir- it's a direct quote. It, uh, I believe he said it. Could be, could be false. You yeah. can't believe everything you see on the internet. That was in the Baltimore Chronicle. Um, yeah. Hyder, <laughs> Hyder is an unbelievable human being. Uh, I feel really lucky to have been with him for a couple of years in Chicago. A lot of times when managers go through the rebuild process they get replaced just before they can actually reap the rewards. Like it's a pretty unfortunate circumstance in the baseball world. The fact that they probably did it a year before they thought they would. And, you know, he was the guy at the head of the ship for that uh, is really, really cool. I think guys love playing for him. He's the type of dude that can inspire and like really is behind his players all the time. And I sent him a text, a congratulations text right after they clinched in, um, in that division with what they were expected to do versus what the other teams of the division were expected to do. Like for him and that team to have that much success was was pretty awesome. He's a beauty, and I hope they make a really nice run because he's one of the best. Can we talk for a second? I don't know if this is like a touchy thing or not, but did you see the attendance for the Tampa Bay Rays game for their playoff? I did. It did. Can you like read 19, the numbers? I think it was 19,000. 19,000 I think it was I saw something that said it's the smallest stadium in the MLB and they were like 75% capacity or something like that you know what the people could use there well AG1 or SeatGeek SeatGeek not AG1 but SeatGeek baseball playoffs are here to celebrate SeatGeek is giving a special offer to our viewers use code JOHNBOYPLAYOFFS for 10% off your order whether you're a first time buyer or not Take out your phone, open the SeatGeek app, and add John Boy Postseason. That's one big word in capital letters. John Boy Postseason to your account. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. Uh, very special hookup here. John Boy Postseason for 10% off tickets at SeatGeek. Um, that's, sh- I mean, that's a little shocking. Like you'd think for the playoffs, like you'd get, you'd get a full crowd. I will say in their defense, it was three p.m. on a Tuesday. That's the yes. only their defense for the. But I, but I think, I I think every other stadium in the league is probably sold out. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's the alarming thing about their new stadium deal is the thing that, the, that all the fans have complained about is that that stadium's in St. Petersburg and not actually in the Tampa area. And now they're going to build another stadium in St. Petersburg where all the traffic, it takes an hour and, and plus in traffic and all that stuff. And it doesn't seem like they're solving the actual issue, which is they need to move the stadium closer to the city of Tampa. Tom, are you saying that it's Major League Baseball's fault for scheduling the game at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday? Listen, I don't think that uh, helping a team that's already known for having attendance issues, that's kind of putting them behind the eight ball. I don't think that's going to help them. I agree. I agree. I mean, someone has to play at three, but I agree. Like, you put the Phillies at three, that place is still standing room only. I, yeah. I think it was a mistake to put them first as well, because that's like you want to have like a great atmosphere in your first game, and the Trop, respectfully, is never going to be that atmosphere. Even if it was full, the Trop's not going to be that atmosphere. Yeah, I agree. When, when the Yankees would play there in the postseason the last few years, sold out, right? A lot of Yankee fans there. Yeah, it's tough. Ranger spring training is in Arizona, Texas, and Florida. People either live in Texas or Florida. They don't really go back and forth, right? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of a, little bit of a tough setup. Should we move to uh, Zach Short replacing Miguel Cabrera in his last game ever? Can you tell us just about the weekend and then talk about that next question? It was weird. Like, the end of the year is always, like, it's weird. Like, you see the the finish line. I don't want to say see the finish line, but you know it's there. It just, like, kind of approaches, obviously, all year. But this year was just different. It was, like, we want to get to the end of the year but we don't want to get to the end of the year because we don't want to see Miggy go, you know? And it was like, we were all excited, like, oh, you know, like this is a good year, like whatever. But it was like, the, at the end of every conversation it was like, yo, this weekend's going to be wild. Like this is going to be really, really special. And Miggy, I mean, I, unless I win a world series, I think I can confidently say I will never see something as cool as that and experience anything like that in my life compared to what I just witnessed this whole weekend. I mean, 45,000 people there for Sunday's game. He gets put in in the last inning, plays first base, ball goes right to him, and there was not a – dry eye in that stadium and it he you could just see like his soul kind of just left his body it was just like I did it I played 21 years in the big leagues I'm top two right-handed hitter to ever play the game and he was just like I'm done you know I did it I came from nothing and now I leave on top of the world and to see it firsthand to see how he handled it all. He was such a trooper. Like, I mean, he signed so many fucking jerseys, so many baseballs. We were all kind of just sitting there like, I think you can sign this for me. Like, you go first, you know? And the club he would bring over, like, basically a, a, a closet of jerseys from the other team. And not one time did he say, not right now. Like, hey, I. it was just like, yeah, 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 leave it right here. Like, I got you. And... He, I got asked by one of the reporters, like, you know, what is, what do you hope 
happens this weekend. And the one thing I said was just like, I hope Miggy takes a step back and really realizes what he did his whole career and really takes in what is going on for this weekend for him and not just because, like I said before, he's not he doesn't love the spotlight. He hates when everything's on him. But I I, I was like, I, I even told him, hey, man, you know, try to enjoy this. Like this is this is special. You deserve every ounce of this. And like I said, to be there on the top step to eventually go in for him was something I will never, ever, ever forget in my life. You get a bunch of stuff signed. I got I got two, uh, I got a jersey. Um, and then the balls that we played with this weekend said Gracias Miggy on them, like the thing that was going around. Um, and again, like I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go crazy with them, but I got a jersey a few weeks ago or a few months ago signed actually. But it, I mean, it was just, I mean, people lining up outside of the stadium so early to see him. And the Tigers, I mean, did such an unbelievable job. I don't know if you guys saw any of the highlights with like mm-hmm. this. People had like signs that they color coded to where it said like 3,000 hits, you know, 500 homers. Like, thank you, Miggy. That was uh, sick. Yeah, dude. Like, everything the way that, you know, AJ didn't tell anybody his plan to get Miggy in the game at first. He had his family down there. So when they took him out of the game, they were there. They went on the field. You know, the, the crowd the whole weekend, like everybody knew what was going on, but it, it they nailed it. The Tigers nailed it. AJ nailed it. Miggy nailed it. It was it was really special. Ian, did you see the the thing with the glove? How Miggy's like, yeah. I don't have a glove, and then Torkelson's like, Dude, please use mine. Please take take. And he it. signed it with all of his accolades and shit. He has so many fucking accolades, man. <laughs> Not enough room on the glove for them all. He signs his jersey. He writes that on every single one. So like, you give him a jersey, it takes him three minutes to sign. It's not just writing Miggy. It's Four-time batting champ, back-to-back MVP, triple crown, however many hits, however many homers, like however many all-star games. Yeah, bro, like it's crazy. It's it's. I said it the other day. I was like, I wish I obviously I know Miggy as the second best right-hand hitter, first best right-hand hitter ever, but I also look at him as like this big teddy bear, this kind of goofball. Like it's just when Miggy walks in, it's like, hi, Miggy. Like, what do you got for me today? You know. I wish that I played with Miggy as like, holy fuck. Cause like these last week he went on a tear again. He was still finished it in 265 or something like that. Like, dude, that one home rehab was ridiculous. A 106 backside was just like, what the fuck, man? And everybody, like, the word of the week was like vintage. Like, Miggy would hit BP or Miggy would get a base hit down the line. And it's just like, that's vintage Miggy right there. And imagine what he was doing in his prime every fucking day. How lucky do you feel to have played with him? I got so many texts like, dude, that was the coolest thing ever. And it's like, you think that was the coolest thing ever? Imagine like I, I was just watching it happen, bro. I And I still can't like get over it. And the way like I, I've said it so many times, the way that he treats me, the way that he treats everybody like as a teammate. And it was funny before the news came out about him being the uh, special assistant to Scott, he was like, shorty, call me boss. And I was like, yeah, all right, sure. Whatever you want. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, why does he keep saying that? He keeps telling everybody, I'm your boss. Go get coffee. And I'm like, 
yeah, it's your last week. I'll get you coffee, of course. And then if it wasn't his last week, you would have gotten him coffee. And then later that day, it comes out, and I'm like, oh, he goes, yeah, I'm your boss, bitch. (laughs) That's great. That's great that he's going to be around. And just like the fact that he, you know, was okay with Torkelson taking over, playing first base, like the fact that he DH for the last two years, you know, was around all the stories you've told us about the way that he treated guys. you know, at the All-Star game last year, he sent a jersey for me, same thing, sent one over, and he personalized it with all of his accolades. Like, all of, like, the fact that he has been that gracious his entire career, uh, pretty special. When you look at the final career numbers, like, it's ridiculous, dude. Is he? You've got to have some sick jerseys hat, by the way, signed by people. I don't have a ton. I don't have a ton. Uh, but, I mean, you've got, like, some really cool ones, like, all-time players. I've got some cool ones and some ones that mean a lot. I had Joey sign one this year. Uh, Wayne Wright signed one for me. Um, full host Miguel Cabrera. Some cool. Did, did Wayne Wright think you were patronizing him when he when you no. asked? I have a ton of respect for him. Uh, I know. I'm just kidding. He, it's that. That's a really cool one. Uh, and I just I packed those up today. But like, just back to Maggie. The fact that he went out the way that he did. The fact that the fans showed him that much love, like how much he meant to the city and the fact that he's going to stick around there, um, be part of the organization. Super cool. Well, that's what we said it last week. I couldn't I didn't think he. it was like 15 years he played in Detroit. I feel like it wasn't that long. And that's crazy. Sneaky. I Did I I don't know if we were recorded last time that like, after a rain delay, we were all inside watching uh, like Bally Sports did a segment or like a whole thing on like the career of Miggy and they had interviews from anybody he's played with. So we were sitting, I mean, it was pouring for like two hours. We were sitting in the locker room until they finally banged it. Um, And they had that on in the clubhouse with all four TVs, like, and it kind of started like, Oh, this is funny to watch like 10, 15 minutes into it. Every single person in the locker room, including Miggy was just watching the special on Miggy and it was just like somebody would come on like Pudge Rodriguez would come on and tell a story. Dontrell Willis would tell a story and it was just JD Martin, anybody who's playing now. And it's just like, you look back and Miggy's just sitting back there like, yeah, like, but it was so cool because everybody was sitting there watching nobody, no music. It was just like, everybody was kind of taking a step back and like, holy shit, this is insane. One of the best you know, to ever Miggy, do it. You know, Miggy would have looked really good in his last couple of games. Bruce Bolt. Bruce Bolt batting gloves. Let me tell you, Bruce Bolt's best batting gloves in the game, a family owned business in Austin, Texas. It's actually started by a 16 year old. They got the best gloves in the game. The game, uh, the gloves that I wear, little baby blue, little white with baby blue, maybe fall balls kicking off. Good time to go get yourself some Bruce Bolt batting gloves. BruceBolt.us. Look for the HAP series under the signature series tab you know what i saw a little stat speaking of great right-handed hitters little stat that i saw that i wanted to share with you guys ronald acuna had an all-time year this year huh 40 and 70 337 416 on base 596 slug good for 1.012 ops uh, that's good for a 168 OPS plus 168 OPS plus. That means he's, uh, 
68% better than league average. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Can I tell you what Mike Trout's career numbers are? Career. For his career. 13 years. 301, 412, 582. Good for a 994 OPS. That's good for a 173 OPS plus. So for Mike Trout's career, you could argue that he's been better than this offensive year that Ronald put together. Is this you reaching out to the Cubs and saying, go get Mike Trout? Nope, it's just me having a little <laughs> bit of appreciation for how good Mike Trout's been. And, when and do- we're all forgetting about Mike a little bit, and I just wanted to put it out there that he is unbelievable. We are having this conversation the other day in the clubhouse. When do we get to the point about talking about Trout where the injuries really are holding back his career numbers? I feel like they've only been the past couple of years, right? The injuries. Yeah, I mean, he played every day. Played, but yeah, yeah. he had a he had a couple of years that were so he played every day until he was uh, twenty four, which he started his career at nineteen. So I forget. He played every day in twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. Seventeen, he played one fourteen. Uh, eighteen, he played one forty, and nineteen, he played one thirty four. Played almost every day in the COVID season, and the last three seasons have been 36, 119, and 82. Um, he had never he never had a year with less than 500 at bats until, and you can't count 20, but until 21. So the last three um, been a little plagued by injury. But even in 22, he was still an all star in 21. He was an all star in 22, and he was an all star in 23. Um, and he had in 22 through 119 games and 499 plate appearances, he still had a 6.3 war. It's, I, I said this a couple weeks ago on the pod, a, he's starting to remind me of Ken Griffey Jr., where I think the first part of his career will be looked at as this guy was probably the great one of the greatest baseball players to ever walk the planet. And I'm worried about the next 10 years. Will it end up how Griffey's did, which was probably the worst case scenario, or does it get better? As Ian's mentioned, the last three years have not been, you know, by his standards, good years. Right. I'm not not clarifying. I'm not saying that he's falling off or I'm not saying he's not. No, I think everyone knows it's not like he's having bad years. He's just been banged up. And I think next year's a really important year in terms of you're talking about legacy. If he can put together two or three more really full solid seasons, he could cross a hundred career war. He could cross like a lot of milestones, and I think that would do a lot for his legacy. But I mean, he's already he's already a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's already he's at eighty career war. Like he's 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 got a lot of really good stuff already locked up. Now it's how Pantheon can go. What was what was his war, or what is his war? Eighty something. It's eighty five point two. Is that good? I think Miggy's was 75 or 76. Without- since, Tra- since Trout played his first full year, which was 2012, he was 20 years old. Just how many times he's not been an all-star? Once? Just the year they didn't have an all-star game in 2020. The 2020? Perfect. He's no, an all-star every single season. He had a nine dot opiate. He had a nine nine three that season too. So, is that good? 
Spang, I'm really quick back to Miggy. Speaking of al- accolades, accolades, oh, he boy. passed Hank Aaron in doubles the other day. And to see him do that on the board was an absolute joke. Passed Hank Aaron. What the fuck? Hank Aaron. I, I do agree, though, Zach, that with Trout, like Tom said, like the next year, next couple of years are like he's got to stay healthy, like legacy wise. Like if he has a couple more game seasons where he plays. Isn't that 90- crazy? Like, no, if- and I'm not even saying it would take oh. away from him being one of the best ever, but it's just it's like next level. It's not like, hey, man, yeah. here's big for you to make to give yourself, you know, put yourself on the map. Hey, no, next the next three years are big for you, so you can be the best player to ever walk the fucking. Planet. That's what I'm saying. Like he <laughs> had the chance, yeah, still has the chance, but like he had the chance before those last three years to be, hey man, you're the best to ever play this game. Hey man, ever. next year if you want to break with the team and be an everyday big leaguer, yeah, who, yeah. Who who are you comparing yourself to that's playing now? Well, no one. I'm really just comparing myself to Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols, Willie Mays, Babe Ruth, uh, Barry Bonds. And Barry Bonds and uh, Hank Aaron. Those are the guys that I'm really comparing myself to. They, they've played for us, but they were pretty good. I mean, it would just be incredible for baseball for him to play 150 games next year. Just great for the game. With the Cubbies? Whatever jersey he puts on. <laughs> yeah. Go get him. We, we got a couple weeks before we can start. The crazy rumor mill till things start jumping. Oh, things are already rumor mill is already started. things are already jumping in Cubby Land. Okay, we get two games after the season, two days after the season. We're already trading for people. We're already there's already rumors all over the place. You see all these rumors. What did they say? Um, obviously, for? obviously the Bellinger stuff. Oh well, yeah, is Hendricks and a then, free agent too? Who? Hendricks. He's got a team option. Oh okay. And then. uh they're, yeah, the Bellinger stuff, but they were like either yesterday, it might have been yesterday, even like the day after the season. There was something that came out that, like, it would just, just, it's just Chicago media. I don't know. Like, it can't be anything else. They're, it's like the Cubs are going to do any, everything they possibly can to trade for Pete Alonso. It's like, how, who said this? You can't even do that yet. It's not even allowed. <laughs> it's just the, and I'm sure there's stuff in Yankee land. Who, who? How many people have the Yankees signed already? Oh, the on Facebook we've according to everyone on Facebook we're going to sign a so, so we're trading for Soto. Here comes Trout. You know we'll just get them get both. The, <laughs> yeah, the funniest thing about year. with Alonzo was the Stearns came out and said Pete Alonzo is our opening day first baseman in 2024, and then like two hours later I saw Cubs are going to get guarantee that they're going to you know sign Alonzo. I was like, how? What if the Mets say no? Give up the farm. Give up everybody they got. You know what could help them out in their efforts? The old Yanks. E-R-C. If they if they go after the little employee retention credit, E-R-C. E-R-C. Omega Accounting Solutions, official partner of Chicago Cubs. And uh, they are big on E-R-C. E-R-C. If you were a business owner with uh, five to 500 employees. I think that sounds like maybe the, uh, the old Yanks. Um, and you continue to play pay payroll taxes during the pandemic. You can recover 
all of your overpaid payroll taxes and get a refund of up to $26,000 per employee, per employee. Omega is the number one best ERC company for getting your ERC funds now. Don't miss out on your small business tax credit, even if you got a PPP loan. Call 800-643-CUBS or visit smallbiz, with the Z, smallbizcashback.com slash cubs for a free consultation. Do you think, uh, you think Marlins man is a Marlins fan? How about him not going to that game? He's at the Milwaukee game. That's what I'm watching the Milwaukee game. He's right there. I go, the Marlins played today, man. Aren't, aren't you a Marlins guy? Like, who do you root for? Like, do you think he's a fan of the Marlins or do you think he just like that jersey sticks out the most? Hey, I will say, speaking of the playoffs, this pitch clock is looking great in the postseason. Oh, it looks great everywhere. So much better. I, I noticed it watching the – I hadn't watched many big league games this year, like, all the way through, and I watched that whole Cubs Bra- – I think the first game of Cubs-Braves, and I was like, man, this is, like, flying. It's so much better. And, and, and it's just funny looking back at spring training and, like, the first couple weeks of the season, people were throwing fits, saying, how oh, it was ridiculous, this is crazy, it'll never work. And we've heard nothing since but good things. It's like we knew, Zach. It's like I'm sure this is going to be an off-season topic. Zach, is there anything Uh-oh. you would change with the pitch clock? Um, I don't know. It sucks because guys would abuse it. But I think with nobody on and like, hey, step off. Like, I didn't get a sign or I didn't get the pitch com or I didn't get whatever. And it's just like, yeah, man, sorry, ball one. And I'm like, I get it, but guys would definitely abuse it. Yeah, I'm like, I don't love that. A hundred percent, guys would just they would do it all the time. Yeah. And and but, how could you tell? Like, oh, I didn't get the sign. Like, how do you know if they're lying or not? Let me ask some more specific questions. Would you, when guys step out and get their hitting timeout, the one per bet, would you put a clock on the hitting timeout? No, because everyone, for the most part, is pretty. I feel like it's, what, 15, 10, 15 seconds. Like, people are pretty quick. Don't be a dick. Back in there. But, you know, you we say that with, like, our common sense. But, like, you know it would happen. Like, you know that guys can just be pissed and call their time. And then it's, like, just well, the ump's ump- discretion. The time in general, like, without the pitch clock, the ump would be like, all right, here we go. Would you add... Seconds to the 15 second clock? No, I think it's fine. Would you take the 20 second clock to 18 if you could take the 15 to 18? And just make them both 18? No, I think you need the difference. Just for base running purposes, Yeah, mixing times, I feel like it's still very important as a pitcher. And like, say it takes you, when do you have to be in the box by? Is there someone on? Eight. That's what I'm saying. Like, and what they get, they, if you're not in the box till eight, so you can't come set till eight, you can't really, I mean, you can still hold like seven seconds, obviously, but I feel like that gives the runners a pretty good advantage. I think 20 is a good number with guys on because it's, yeah. it's pressure pitches. It Just is. Give, give the guys a little time. It's going to be interesting what it seems like as the playoffs go on and like the pressure heightens, see what we got. Yeah, be interested to see if there's any violations. Yeah, I agree. 
Well, good talk on uh, pitch timer. I guess we'll keep it the same. Good uh, hot takes, everybody. Tom, nice job. All right. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we uh, let the people go? Um, do you want to do you want to talk football and piss Tom off? Bears had a good one. Bears choked one away. Zach's team looked better. My team Actually, won again. We're a powerhouse. Spot in the Chiefs, seventeen points. Hey man, that was a tough game. Big one next week, but hey, you might, but you might have your quarterback. So okay, so a topic came up. Would you rather if the Jets won, but you like Zach Wilson played horrifically? And I think I would rather have this, and then you can kind of build off of last week and see what we got. For sure. Like a win is great. A win is great, but I mean the guy was slinging the rock. He looked fantastic. Yeah, Did you so. guys see the photo of uh, of the Madden cover, the 2024 Madden cover with Taylor Swift on it? Uh, no, I didn't. That was hilarious. That would be so funny. I just want to make one comment that Taylor Swift was in the box at that game with mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds and other Blake Lively, Blake Lively, and maybe another really famous actor. And she completely and totally dwarfed them and the fame. It's crazy, bro. The, the fame rankings is the definition of international. Tom, it's one, name it five, is... Tom, name five people more famous than Taylor Swift. Go. This is an insane thing to put me on the spot. Lionel uh, Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo, Le- LeBron, Joe Biden, Donald Trump. Uh, Kim Jong Un's probably in there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about Kim Jong Un. The other ones, people. the other ones are definitely in the same category. <laughs> I'm just saying of fame. Maybe Drake. It's not, Drake. I'm not talking hey, about Madonna. their character. I'm not talking about their character. I mean, just yeah, saying. Think, you think you think if you walk down the street in New York and ask people if they know Kim Jong Un or Taylor Swift, it's going to be. I think point. you're going to get more. And that's an indictment of our education system. That's a good point. So. That's a good point. That's topic for our other podcast, <laughs> which is Educate America 101. That's coming out next week. Uh, <laughs> let's get to the Sloan screen time presented by our friends at Sloan. If you need uh, some commercial plumbing systems, you know who to call. You call Sloan. Flush-o-meters. Sloan's the world's leading manufacturer of commercial plumbing systems. Company is at the forefront of the green building movement and provides smart, sustainable, and hygienic restroom solutions by manufacturing water-efficient products, including flush-o-meters, faucets, sink systems, soap dispensers, and fixtures for commercial, industrial, and institutional markets worldwide. To visit, uh, to, to learn more or visit more, go to Sloan.com. 6.42 for me. I feel like I'm going to be tough to beat today. 6.42, though, but I golfed. And when I golf, I got the Grant ad open app open and that's how i track things you know 642 i haven't played golf yet mad at myself about it back i shot an 85 today you proud of me good for you i am proud of you thanks man Zach, you uh, playing any golf yet no i haven't 515 jesus ian ian 535 oh i took last 250 for me that's a 250 can i tell ian- you guys can you guys little story numbers are we better go than about his in-season numbers. One of the reasons why I was at two five zero. So I go up to Wrigley today to pack some of my stuff up. Go to Wrigley at pack. 
uh, I left a car up there because my parking, my street parking expired and I got a ticket. So I left my car at Wrigley and Ubered back home. I didn't eat much. You know, when you're in the season and all of your meals are kind of chilling at the field. True. <laughs> so nice. And then you, and then the season ends. This is a, this is a baseball player problem. You got to fend for yourself. Yeah. The season ends and you got to fend for yourself and then you just forget to eat. So I went to the field, had some, had some coffee. I actually had like a like a bar and I was like, yeah, at a bar. I'm good. I get in the Uber on the way home. It's about a little traffic through downtown. Guy took a bad route, about 25 minutes. This guy is driving as fast as he can to each red light and stop sign and then slamming on the brakes. I'm on my phone, I'm searching, looking around, doing some emails, start to get a little car sick start to have a little, Oh, don't feel great. Before you know it, I'm five minutes into a 27 minute ride and I have the cold sweats and I'm going to pass, I'm going to pass the fuck out in the back of this Uber. So I am like eyes closed. I'm like trying to find a seat, a position where I'm not going to either puke in this guy's Uber or pass out. It was the longest 20 minute Uber ride ever i had to text julie and say you got to meet me downstairs because i might throw up and pass out as soon as i get out of this car i was so uncomfortable and i felt i was white as a ghost i had pure like cold i was dripping sweat when i got out of the uber and i had to just lay on the ground for an hour and like the sweats (laughs) thing in the world oh my god dude i've never i don't know that was that was bad. That was my that was my day to day. One of the reasons why I wasn't on my phone much was because I was a corpse for a few hours. Or something. <laughs> You're trying How to survive. Good for you. Didn't puke. Nope. That's episode one seventy eight of the Compound Podcast. <laughs> Look for our educational podcast coming next week, and also maybe more stories about trying not to pass out. We'll see you for one seventy nine next week. Rum. <laughs> <laughs>